Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Musical Splaining Podcast. I am your host and more than a hound dog, Kava Taharian. Um, and I'm the one that is crying all the time, uh, Angelina Meehan. <laughs> like, Did Elvis cry a lot? No, it's is like, you Elvis ain't nothing playing? but a hound dog crying all the time. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Oh, ha- see, I don't even know the lyric past that one line. You know, I was going to say, this is going to be an interesting episode because I uh, know, yeah. like, literally next to nothing about Elvis in case people haven't figured oh, out God. what this we're talking be a struggle. about. Yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so today we're talking about our boy Baz. He's back yet again. Yeah, the Baz is back in town. The Baz this is, is back, back in town. town. We should do a Thin Lizzy. Oh, Why is there no Thin Lizzy movie? You'd I think will watch there'd the be fuck a Thin Lizzy movie. Um, literally called The Boys Are Back. Like, it's got the perfect music biography title called The Boys Are Jesus Back Christ. in Town. Jesus Christ, we should just write this right. Fuck right. the episode, we're cutting yeah, it, let's sorry. go write our Thin Lizzy uh, musical and is, come back. This is how we pivot, we are finally <laughs> selling out and writing our jukebox musical. I mean, oh, I guess what would a Thin Lizzy... He dies young and it's tragic. Right, right, uh, oh my... Phil, what's it, right, right? He, di- oh, he has a kid, oh my God. Oh, right. wow, okay, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put a tab in this. Sidebar. <laughs> so Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, uh, Elvis. Elvis is is back. Yes, I didn't. Uh, apparently, he's not dead. They just made a movie about. Him. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's like the uh, that movie's called Lilo and Stitch. Uh, we are watching Lilo and Stitch today. That is the ultimate Elvis yes. movie. No, uh, yeah, Elvis twenty twenty two. Baz Luhrmann. I'm very excited because you you enjoyed Moulin Rouge. I love Moulin Rouge. So I'm like, I did enjoy Moulin Rouge. I'm sort of a Baz fan. I like what he does. He's a little bit insane. Sure, but I like that. I appreciate that yeah. about him. I forget. Did you see? Did you see The Great Gatsby? I did. I've okay. seen. I think I've seen all. I've seen most of. It. I've, I've. I've even seen. What was the first one he did? Um, Strictly Ballroom. Like in, Strictly Ballroom. I love Strictly, Strictly Ballroom. Ballroom. Is hysterical. I love that, that movie. movie. Is hyster- it's so funny. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was open to this. I was like, all right. Well, I mean, not that I like can reject any of the fucking musicals that we're going to sit and watch for the show. But still. <laughs> right. You have no power to do that. Right. I this have is, no power. This is right. not I'm the just conceit pretending. of the show. You are fucking watching Elvis. Man. No. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I am actually really legitimately hyped. There have been attempts at an Elvis uh, based musical before. Um, there, oh, there have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In like 2000. It was oh, like I right didn't around. Know that. Mm, there was like a musical that was like, um, oh my gosh, what was it? All Shook Up, that's what it was called. I was like, it's an Elvis title, All Shook Up. And it was a jukebox musical um, with original composite characters kind of in the same vein of um, uh, Rock of Ages, where it's like, there's a greaser boy who, you know, swivels his hips. And then, like, you're like, oh, I wonder who that's supposed to be. I think his name is is like Chad, too, honestly, uh, which is what's amazing about that. I'm not a big Elvis fan, as we've established. (laughs) Yeah, neither neither am I. And I think that's kind of weird because uh, not for you, but for me, because, you know, I, I tend to listen to a lot of music and I yeah. sort of am interested in just the history of music, even if I don't necessarily like love certain genres or musicians. I'm sure. just sort of interested in the idea that like this person put a stamp and a lot of people sort of, you know, derived inspiration from this. And sure. I, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, no, I really just never had an Elvis phase at all. Yeah. Like yeah. Even remotely. Yeah. My parents were never big Elvis fans. Um, you know, that scene in Pulp Fiction where uh, Uma Thurman is sitting in the car with John Travolta before they go into yeah, that, of course. Uh, place. And like they have a conversation about like the Beatles versus Elvis and all of the squares yeah. like in the Beatles. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I was firmly a square in that sense. Like I was just like, damn, <laughs> like Elvis just kind of like outside of like, obviously, He's, you know, one of those people that is so firmly cemented into like just the pop culture, you know, pantheon that even if you don't know anything Mm -hmm. about Elvis, you know something about Elvis. Like, 
Uh, so yeah, yeah like that's that's about it for me. Besides, like recently, recently I've been listening to a lot of Elvis and have been like, oh yeah, this 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 is very fun to listen to, and I really enjoy it. And what a voice! But like, yeah, I don't have like that context of it being like a thing that like fascinated me. I love Paul Simon's Graceland. That's one of my favorite albums. But you know, that's about, great record. Uh, that's I great love record. Paul Simon. He's a national treasure. Yeah. Oh man, we gotta talk about the Cape Man one day. That was Paul Simon's uh, failed attempt at a musical. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a notorious bomb. But uh, I love Paul Simon and I love Graceland. So that's about the extent of my Elvis thing. I was gonna say. So I feel like Elvis was somebody who was obviously a, a touchstone for a lot of you know parental figures for us, like sure. for our generation. But mm-hmm. I, I, it feels like at least, again, strictly speaking, this is anecdotal. Like I don't feel like any of my friends or the people around me ever, because no, sometimes you're like, Oh, I don't like that music. Cause it's the ones that my parents listen to. And then you get older and you sort of were like, Oh, there's value in this. And it right. sort of connects you to your parents in a way. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel like I experienced, I mean, my parents never listened to Elvis anyway, but I don't know any of my friends that listened to Elvis or like ever got into it. So it is weird that he's such like a, like you said, like a ever present figure over everything. And yet nobody I know <laughs> listened to Elvis. I don't, Again, I don't know. could just be a matter of like my social group. It's it's very bizarre. I definitely have. You know, it's very surprising because I used to think that about my group of friends. And then like with this movie coming out and as like trailers are coming out, I do have um, friends and friends who I know listen to this podcast. So I want to acknowledge them that are very deeply into Elvis lore and they're my age or younger. Mm-hmm. So I do think there is mm-hmm. like like in the way that Judy Garland is always going to have an audience like Elvis is always sure, going yeah, to yeah. have an audience. Just just partially because I think of, of, of the personality and the larger than life aspect to his life. Like the things that I do know about it, I'm like, of course we would be hyper fixated on this man, sure, you know, yeah. like, like, so yes, I, yes. I, I do think there is like an interest in Elvis, especially as we reevaluate like the roots of rock and roll and rhythm and blues and, and yeah. like Elvis is always going to be in our minds for good reasons or bad reasons. But like, I, I think, yeah, like I, I see the demand. Not for me, it, man. Even- I listened to public enemy back in the day. So I know. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. like the thing that sticks in my head more than anything, to be honest. Really? Oh, man. Like, oh, this was right. My, Elvis was a racist. I was just like, oh, well, I trust yeah. Chuck D. So I'm like, shit. OK. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> my, my impressionable young mind. I was like, OK, fuck it. Yeah, I am very like, you know, uh, interested in seeing what this movie has to say about, um, I guess, the origins of Elvis himself. But uh, yeah, just, uh, uh, I guess, a fascinating figure, whether or not you love or hate him. So uh, honestly, yeah, that it's kind of the perfect subject for a biopic, you know? I, I, I think the uh, the idea of, um, again, I don't, we haven't seen it yet, so yeah. we can't really speak to this, but it looks like the Colonel's relationship with him is somewhat prevalent in, yeah. as far as it being Tom Hanks, which I imagine is going to be. Um, a big uh, part of it. And I think, so the only thing I really know about that relationship was, do you know who Jerry Weintraub is? He was this like really famous Hollywood producer. The name's familiar to me. Yeah. He did like ocean, he did like the oceans movies and all that shit. He he did a bunch of stuff. But before that he was a music promoter and he he wrote a biography where he sort of has like a little series of vignettes of like people that he worked with. It was like Sinatra and like John Denver and sure. And Elvis was one of the chapters that he talks about. And like, the chapter is a lot about like this really bizarre relationship with the Colonel and Elvis and how the Colonel is sort of this weird, like manipulative figure who like yeah. Elvis would only sort of do whatever the Colonel told him to do. Like almost like he had a fucking like mind control, like some Jedi shit over him. Almost like a Phantom and Christine type situation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to. It's been a while since I've done that. Um, no, that's like, a stretch. That's, that's a that's, stretch. That, no, it's, it's, it's a really, let's sit and let's break this one. No. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I am interested in that aspect of it because I only like vaguely knew who Colonel Tom was before. 
And like, I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of talk around one Tom Hanks performance as Colonel Tom and two, like this reevaluation yeah, yeah. of Colonel Tom. And what I get about Colonel Tom from the very bare bones I know of him is that he's also a deeply weird and interesting figure that would be a perfect. Oh, yeah. He's very weird. Yeah. yeah that'd be interesting. Hopefully he'll sing songs. I doubt that he will. But oh, my gosh. Really great. So should we uh, let's let's get into notes. Oh, right. Quick, huh? Notes. Yeah. So Elvis is a 2022 American biographical musical drama directed by Baz Luhrmann with a screenplay by Luhrmann, Sam Brommel, Craig Pierce and Jeremy Doner and the music of, you guessed it, Elvis Presley. Elvis stars Austin Butler as the titular character, along with Tom Hanks as the rock star's friend and lifelong manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Told from the perspective of Colonel Tom Parker from his deathbed. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, Elvis recounts the meteoric rise of Elvis Presley, an impoverished teenager originally from Tupelo, Mississippi, to the dizzying and deeply toxic heights of fame that cemented his honorific as the king of rock and roll. Ooh, this is some good reading. Against the backdrop of war. (laughs) Sorry, just I'm invested. Thank you. Against the backdrop of war, the civil rights movement, and an increasingly contentious relationship with his manager, Elvis's stardom pits him against the personal fear that no one will remember him once he is gone. Will Elvis's legacy survive his out-of-control life? Why am, more, <laughs> why am I writing this right up like we don't know? Why do wise men say only fools rush in? All this and more in Elvis. Elvis. Elvish. Elvish. Uh, well, oh, wait, that's the Simpsons joke, right? Oh, yeah. there's the, <laughs> yeah. Elvis is the Turkish, uh, Turkish uh, Elvis impersonator in The Simpsons. Like, it's a joke that's very Ten burned points. into my head. Do you know what it's from? Do you know specific? I don't know if it's actually in the show. It's from a very specific. I, I'm surprised I, you caught that. I'm impressed. I, I know it from a Simpsons book. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, Do you remember yes. which book it is? Is it the Simpsons photo yep. album? Correct. It's the one with Bart naked on the on the bearskin rug. Yep. Yes, I love that book. That was that was a wow. very important toilet book reading for me in like fifth, sixth grade. So yes, that one in Bart Simpson's Guide to Life. Look those yes. up. Those are very important books. Oh my god! Books. Amazing, amazing. I was like, yes, it has to be from the photo album. It was Elvis the Turkish Elvis impersonator. Yep, 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 yep. Friendship level. Unlocked. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anyway, that, that was impressive. Yeah. I'm not surprised though. It's, I should have expected that, but yes, yeah. well done. While Baz Luhrmann announced Elvis as a project in 2014, production kicked off in 2019 with the casting of former Disney Channel and Nickelodeon star Austin Butler in the role of Heartthrob Hotel, in sort of in the role of Heartbreak Hotel Heartthrob himself. Say that three times fast. Yeah. Heartbreak Hotel Heartthrob himself. Yeah, Heartbreak Hotel. Heartbreak Hotel um, Heartthrob himself. I wrote this to fuck with you, and now I'm like being like, wow, this actually really does suck. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, no, no. It's fun. I love it. Uh, Beating out names like Harry Styles, Ansel Elgort, and Miles Teller. Oh, God. Can you imagine Miles Teller as Elvis? That would have been That would have been deeply unpleasant. Um. (laughs) Um, Obviously, we try not to do too much uh, knowledge before going into it because we want to go into a clean. But have you seen anything? Like, what's the general consensus on it? Do you know? Is it people are uh, liking it? Or I think not pe- liking people it? are is liking it, it. People are digging it. Like, I know it has a pretty good score on Rotten Tomatoes right now. My friends who have seen it have like really enjoyed it and are like okay. very excited for me to see it. Um, so I'm I am like going in with like a pretty good like even like I, I at this point I go in with low expectations to everything because then nothing sure. can disappoint me. But uh, I, I'm I'm pretty excited for this one. I can't lie. I mean, I just love Baz Luhrmann. He's a even when his movies are like not so great as in the case with like like the great Gatsby for example like there's always mm-hmm. ambition there and wanting to do something different and big and things that I think that could easily be written off as effeminate or 
dorky or square, you know, like, and Baz Luhrmann doesn't care about that. And I think it usually translates really well, even when the film itself is not good, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm pumped. I'm also interested in the idea that Baz Luhrmann uh, is, is an Australian, obviously, he's a native right. Aussie. Yeah. So it's always interesting to think about, like, what is the influence of American culture to people who grew up outside the States. Sure, sure, yeah. So I, I, I kind of wonder what, like, Elvis, is, what his relationship to Elvis was that made yeah. him like, want to do this. Like, usually when I go into films like this, um, I do read a lot of, like, interviews and stuff beforehand, but for this one, sure. I wanted to go in, like, really blind, just because, like, one, Baz Luhrmann is Baz Luhrmann, and again, like I said, whatever I think about a movie of his, he at least has a vision, and I like to be surprised by that as yeah. best as I can. Yeah. We're doubly blind. We don't know the movie or Elvis. Yeah, like, I might come out of this just being like, forget Phantom, this I'm pivoting to Elvis now. Like this is this is where my life goes. That would be a welcome change. I'd be uh, really into that. You know what? Great. I'm allowed to have an angsty <laughs> musical man who wears capes, elaborate glittered capes, and they're the same thing. So leave me alone. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There you Elvis. go. Okay. Yeah. I guess if there's nothing else left to discuss, we should probably save it for the second half once we've right. uh, informed ourselves a little bit more and seen the movie, and then we'll come back and discuss. I I 100% agree with that. We can't go in with suspicious minds, is all I got to say. Uh, is that an Elvis lyric? It's an Elvis lyric! Wow! <laughs> Damn, now it's Elvis-plaining. This really is just going to be... Uh, just You have like a whole like podcast network called Kava-splaining, and it's just about... Listen, I grew up with immigrant parents. You have to remember this, right? So it's like the stuff that I grew up with. Is sure, like very, sure. It's like certain things I like super knew and grew up with. Sure, sure. I think I was... Uh, I think I was recording with with Lindsay once, and they they mentioned something about Carol King, and I was like, I don't know, no one in my house grew up listening to Carol sure, King, and they're like, sure, what? Yeah. And like yeah, everyone's like, head exploded. That makes sense. Um, but uh, I, again, that's also like one of the four Elvis songs I know. So I'm yeah, not okay. really from yeah, a position right. of power here. <laughs> All right. Anyway, with that said, All right, we're gonna inform ourselves on Elvis and come back yes. and discuss the Elvish. Yes. Get ready for Elvish explaining. Uh, wise men say only fools rush back into musicals playing how you in there, the park. Angelina, how, how, how you doing there, over? <laughs> how you doing over there, KT? How's it? How's it going, KT? Oh. Uh, just oh. enjoying out on here in California. It's a little oh. bit hot, but uh, you know, a, just working on my Elvis impression. Trying to make I, I, went, <laughs> I went, and, I went and saw Elvis, <laughs> and uh, I walked away from it talking like this. I've not been the same since. Oh. <laughs> hey, oh. I, I heard you had a little bit of difficulty actually watching Elvis, didn't you? Your, uh, your yeah, I did. My my protector kept breaking up. It got real janky, janky. Um, so uh, you also saw Elvis yesterday too. Yes, I also saw Elvis. Uh, I didn't have any complications, you know. Thankfully, I just went and watched it, and it was fine. Um, so as far as the summary goes, it follows almost the exact structure of like every biopic for like the first half of it. Like I yeah. was thinking of, I haven't actually seen all of Walk Hard all the way through. I've only seen like some of it. Like I've seen parts sure. of it, but I was like, this feels like Walk Hard where it's like, he needs to think about his whole life before he goes up on stage. It like, gets all these sort of platitudes right. and cliches, which when you're watching right. a Baz Luhrmann movie, you're kind of like, okay, that's like kind of what you're there for. Like that's sort of the point sure. of like how his style of filmmaking right. is. But it's very like, you know, young boy who like people d- doubted and then like someone. Yes. Fucked. OK, so well, let me start this off. So it's framed, as we said, in the first half as uh, the colonel's like on his deathbed. And he's like, did I kill Elvis? Like he thinks it's like this. Uh, what is it? It's almost like an Amadeus like framing where he's like looking back. Yes, on his life, Yeah. He thinks he's like Salieri. It's exactly like Amadeus. Yeah. But it's the opposite where he's like, I didn't kill him. He's not like I did kill him. Yeah. He's like, I didn't kill him. Right. 
Yeah, like the spoiler alert. He's like, you all killed him. It's very yeah, like, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's like a, it's very snake oily, and um, I have a lot of a lot of feelings about Tom Tom Hanks in this, but uh, yeah. So it's it's told from the point of view in the early '90s from Colonel Tom Parker, who was Elvis's lifelong manager, as we discussed in the yeah. first act. Um, in a hospital, dying, and it's like this, like the way the visuals are used. Yeah, in Vegas, it's like him, like hooked up to an IV in his like little nightgown, walking through aisles of like vending machines. Um, yeah, because he he had spent most of Elvis's money uh, gambling, uh, and it's just, it's yeah. just like this very very like it's great. It's not it's even like on, ridiculous. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not even saying on the nose is. Uh, understating it like it's in yes. your like cavity like it's in your sinuses like that's how <laughs> heavy the imagery is which again it's Baz Luhrmann you would hope that he would do that yes. so yeah like that's it's this like weird yeah like we exist in this like weird limbo hell that is Vegas you know if, yeah. if the Moulin yeah. Rouge is like this weird transitionary hellish place it's Vegas in this even though it goes you know, like I, I didn't know this and I don't know how true this is, but the fact that Elvis never left the United States, uh, mm-hmm. or at least the way it's presented in the movie, uh, is interesting to me. And then, of course, obviously, it's going to want to take a lot of time in Vegas itself because Vegas is what's so associated with Elvis's career, yeah. especially towards like the end of it. I mean, I feel like it's the last like hour of the movie almost, right? Is at least like, the last much. hour of the movie is when they're doing all the Vegas stuff. So it, yeah, and yeah. And, the, and there's so much crammed into the first half, like it's just yeah. <laughs> flying, 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 and then the last half of it becomes, which it, it didn't necessarily bother me, but it was just it, it does like have this. It's very front loaded in the amount of shit that happens. Yeah, and then the time of the last hour is much much shorter. I think it's like the course of over five years, right? Is is how it goes. right. Yeah, like it feels very much like they're doing a speed run of of a biography yeah. in the first act, like just to get get it out of the way, you know, not yeah, to get so it out of the like, way. I think, it, but like to, yeah. to establish it, yeah. So it's basically like okay, he he finds Elvis. You sort of see him become more. I'm sorry, you see the Colonel kind of manipulate him and and sort of you know embolden himself with the or not embolden. Uh, what sort of thing of uh, entrench himself in the family. Of Elvis's family. He makes Elvis's dad the business manager, which is sort of seen as this plant for later for when he fucks up Elvis's money because he doesn't know what he's doing. And Elvis's mom is like a drunk who's like kind of like loves. And there's a weird like mother boy thing going on with Elvis and his mom. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's a mom's (laughs) boy for sure. And like she's kind of like the only person, at least in the narrative, that is just kind of like until he meets Priscilla, that is like, why are you doing this? Like this will be bad, you know, like. But also also sort of like believes in him and she's like, I don't care that your hips are like thrusting around and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's like, sexual. God wouldn't hate you for this. Like, she's like, God yeah. gave you those hips. And you're like, man, what a mom moment. Like, <laughs> like supportive so, drunk mom. Uh, so he yeah. becomes big. And then because he's playing black music, people are like offended. But it's also mm. his like weird thrusty, you know, hip sexualized thing. That right. There's some funny bits around that. And then, of course, he has to go to the Navy or not the Navy. He has to go to the Army because they're like, oh, yeah. you need to clean up your image. So Elvis is like conflicted and he doesn't know. Like, he's like, oh, I'm trying to be myself but they're trying to put me in a box and right then- right right exactly <laughs> and then they do put him in a box for a little bit they have him doing like all of like the the Hollywood circuit making all these like chintzy films and like um yeah that, that are more very clean cut and fun and like getting him into things like Christmas specials and yeah. that's kind of where he hits act two where you know there's this confluence of things like the death of uh Martin Luther King Jr. and um Uh, And Robert Kennedy Jr. And like this TV Christmas special that like is supposed to be what the Colonel plans for him is big comeback. But then Elvis has like this realization of like, 
no, I got to be me. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, he, he does his 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 protest song Trouble and it like reinvigorates his career in a way that was not planned for. So you're like, yeah. OK, our Elvis, this like he's going to do it. He's going it's to like self-actualize. Yeah. But then, <laughs> but then, but then, and then he's like, I'm going to go on a world tour. And everyone's like, why has the colonel never taken you out of the country before? Mm-hmm. Like, cause he right. hires all these, what do you like, you know, progress, not progressive, I guess, but for the time, like progressive, like hippie producers who are just like, no, sure. we're here for the art, man. So they want to go on an international tour and they can't figure it out. Turns out that the Colonel is actually this Dutch, na- not national, but like somebody who escaped Holland and came to the States, doesn't have a passport. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, he, uh, I'm sorry, actually, no, first they're like, let, Elvis plans on going on this tour. Then it turns out that the Colonel has like these insane gambling debts so yeah, then yeah, yeah. Elvis is going to go and he's like, I'm going to break up with the colonel and like move on. Yeah. But then the colonel had sort of he had uh, negotiated this deal where if you could get Elvis to play at this, uh, this the the international, international hotel in Vegas yeah. that had just been built and do a string of six weeks, I believe, was the length of the initial residency. Right. Then he was going to get paid like an ass ton of money. And he's like, Elvis, just do the show, make an ass ton of yeah. money and then you can go do international, whatever. And then Elvis is like, fuck it. So that's the beginning of the Vegas uh, sequence. Yeah, the third act basically, yeah, is like right. this. Like he gets his paw, like Colonel Tom gets his hooks into him yeah. like one last time. Uh, you know, and, then and it also this you know, thing where he drags it out. You know, because he says it like, "Oh, this is such a big arena. You're going to play to more people here regularly than you would ever hope to do on an international tour. You can do the international tour yeah. later if you want." You know, fingers crossed. Yeah. As he's w- sitting in the audience with the owners of the hotel, like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically, Which they did a pretty Elvis good job would... at pitching it because even when I was watching that, yeah. I was like, yeah, that does seem awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh, it's six weeks of shows and then you can do whatever. Like, of course, yeah. like who wouldn't be like, sure, if it's someone yeah. who likes to entertain, you're like, yeah, get that yeah. out of the way. And they're, they're like, like do whatever basically... the fuck you want. We'll give you any kind of like sage setting you want. Any kind... They're like, just yeah. carte blanche. So I was like, OK, yeah. I can see why he would get suckered into that. Right, exactly. He gets to do this. There's like this whole motif of like, I want to sing the music that makes me happy, you know, that's like constantly the thing that Elvis is chasing as the movie very firmly establishes in the in the in the first 15 minutes that the music that makes him happy is gospel and rhythm and blues that he grew up, you know, listening to in Tupelo, Mississippi. Um, And like, that's that's the thing that he's constantly trying to get to. And that Colonel Mm -hmm. Tom is like kind of pulling him away from or giving it to him with these very nefarious like intentions mm-hmm. you know and in this case with the Vegas thing it's to have his uh, debts wiped off and to have uh, an, an unending line of open credit as a open gambler credit the, forever. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah so like um, and also he gets 50% of Elvis's profits too so Just on crazy. top of all of that yeah. insane right and so basically yeah like this this happens and as this is going you know uh, Colonel Tom is working him relentlessly he's got this Dr. Nick guy who's giving him like which was I'm pretty sure is the basis for Dr. Nick Riviera in the Simpsons I feel oh! like I think I that just, I, I tried looking it up. There was nothing official I could find, but I'm like, I sure. think that, that was, that's probably what that is. I would imagine. I This is a Simpsons heavy episode, man. Like yeah. <laughs> we keep going back <laughs> to Simpsons here. Every, everything is Simpsons. Um, but yeah, that, that, that would make a lot of sense. But yeah, it's this Dr. Nick who just basically is giving him like meth, right? Like he's giving him, yeah, he's giving him uppers him, and downers. Yeah. I think he's giving right. him amphetamines to keep him going and then knocking him out with like, you know, fucking quaaludes or whatever the fuck. So right. they like, just turn just, him into like this animal where they're just like, okay, pep him up, time for a show, and then pep him down, time for this, and like yeah. he's just going back and forth. His life falls apart. Priscilla's yeah, like, I can't date you, or I can't be married to you anymore. You're like terrible, yeah. and you're ignoring your daughter, yeah. and yada yada. Yeah, you yeah. Know, again, all the cliches of like every fucking right. <laughs> uh, music biopic ever made. Right. Um, until oh, and then the reason why 
the other reason that uh, the colonel is keeping him there, aside from his gambling debts, is the fact that they don't really go into this. But for some reason, so he is a, a somebody who escaped from Holland. He's this Dutch guy who doesn't have a passport for some reason. So when he came to America, he sort of reinvented himself as the colonel. And like, that's his whole thing. That's why. Oh, I, I guess we didn't we didn't really mention this, too. I'm sorry. In the beginning, it's like he's sort of the whole thing is that he's framed as like he was like a carny. When he came yeah, he's originally, a, he's, he's a snowman. He makes snowman. He yeah. Makes snow, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. He starts out like working like the carnival circuit in in, in the South and, you know, yes. like is looking for his next big sideshow. And, you know, which is very great Gatsby, by the way, too, when you think yes. about it. Right. It's about him. Like he's yeah. trying to re- it's always about trying to reinvent yourself. And the, I feel like that's what Baz Luhrmann's themes tend to be. Right. Is like, yeah, the difficulties yeah. of reinventing yourself. And is it possible to reinvent yourself? And like, right. Like Satine just wants to be a great, right. Like Satine wants to be a great actress. Like she's stuck at the Moulin Rouge, but she wants to be a great actress. Elvis is stuck doing these Vegas shows when he just wants to sing, you know, like, yeah, that is a very common motif. Fucking, uh, what is it? Strictly ballroom. Like he wants to be this like fantastic, crazy dancer who does different shit. And like all of society is like, no, you can't reinvent yourself. You have to conform, conform. It's very, that's like every Basel movie. Again, not a criticism, just like a theme. Yeah. Yeah. Gatsby tries to reinvent himself as this, you know, incredibly wealthy man. And even though he was a nobody and it fails horribly right. on him. So, like, yep, you can yep. never reinvent yourself is the, the. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. I'm like, that is yeah. the thing that Baz Luhrmann likes. Like, I, believe I haven't the, seen Australia the, again. So, yeah, yeah, we haven't seen it. I believe the term, the phrase they always say is like, there are no second acts in American culture. Something like that is like what the, mm. the takeaway from it is. Anyway, so, yeah. again, this guy's trying to have a second act. It works for a while. And then eventually. He, yeah. Fucking works Elvis too hard, blah, blah, blah. Elvis dies. It's sad. Yeah, at 42. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) at 42. They don't really go into his death. They just say, like, he dies. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Colonel Tom Parker is, like, on his deathbed being like, it wasn't me. It was you. You all loved him too much. Yeah. Yeah. It was your fault. You did it, not me. Yeah, yeah. Just, I... uh, I kind of loved it, but um, uh, yeah, like, and then it ends basically, like, yeah, it's a very duplicitous narrator, and I actually really enjoyed that aspect of yeah, it, like, yeah, <laughs> like, but yeah, so that that is Elvis. I remember saying before we left, I was like, I kind of wonder what Baz Luhrmann's interest in Elvis is as a subject. Like, I was that something, mm-hmm. and like, literally in the first thirty seconds of watching the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, well, of course, Baz Luhrmann would make a movie about Elvis. This is like one hundred percent like in his aesthetic and his style, yes. and like. It's a perfect vehicle for what he does and for what mm-hmm. his partner CM does as far as like mm-hmm. costuming and sets. I mean, she's yes. incredible, by the way. Her work's like unbelievable, like the, sure. the level of detail. Uh, yeah. So in, in many ways, it's like a very it's it's you know, we, we kind of made fun of it for being a total cliche. But it's also like that's a Baz Luhrmann movie. A Baz Luhrmann movie is not something that you go because of subtlety. As you said, it goes into your fucking nasal cavity in terms of being on the right. nose. I'm not watching Andre Rublev. I'm watching Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Like, <laughs> like right. subtlety is not the name of the game. And I, and I, I like that. Yeah, seeing seeing Elvis, I was like, of course he would make a movie about Elvis. This is yeah, a man yeah. who it's very obvious based, that he should right, do it. it. This is a, a this is like a broodingly beautiful man who wears all of these like elaborate costumes that were inspired mm-hmm. by you know Captain Marvel Junior. A thing I really liked about the movie is like yeah, how much yeah, they the leaned superhero. into like. Yeah. yeah, the superhero. Baz is like, give him something for the superhero fans. It's a comic book right. movie, technically. <laughs> no, it's very funny. I got back from it, and I, I mentioned my uh, husband, Nick, is a very big uh, Elvis mm-hmm. fan, and he's also a very big uh, comics fan. And he was like, yeah. did they talk a lot about Captain Marvel Jr. in this? I was like, boy. They do. Yeah, <laughs> they he's do. wearing the little lightning bolt on his chest when he's a little kid. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's it's all there. It's all there. But yeah, so uh, 100% got it immediately, like, 
pretty basically like five minutes yeah. into the movie what yeah. was going on here you're like oh um, yeah of course this is great this yeah. is exactly what he should be doing this is exactly the kind of movie that you would want Baz Luhrmann to make right right yeah even just like I I so this is musical explaining so I feel like you know we should you know talk about music here and how it's used well, yeah in this I, I was gonna get into I, I was waiting to get into that part so the way he actually shoots oh. these sequences as well so mm-hmm. I, you know there's there are a lot obviously there's a lot of songs and I, I say this as a good thing is that I can't pinpoint like any specific song as much as like I feel like the songs are just so folded into each set piece yeah to which like it never really it's like it doesn't you know I've said this before where I kind of I prefer this it's like they don't stop the action to have someone sing a song and then have a musical moment it's so weaved into everything and also it's like he's the only I mean as far as like my taste is concerned right Mm -hmm. I love Baz Luhrmann because he's just insane And like Mm -hmm. the guy doesn't give a shit and he doesn't think linearly and he doesn't really shoot films in a conventional way. So, Mm -hmm. again, I can understand the criticism. It's it's this is purely a taste thing. But like, sure, you just I I don't know how you shoot and edit a movie like this or like any of his movies for that matter. This is a lot of what I liked about Moulin Rouge, too, is like Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's like this. uh, It's like a kaleidoscope of like insane shit happening at the same time. That's also. Still, and I guess this is probably why it's like this very simple melodrama that carries the story along. Sure. Because if it got really complicated and subtle, you wouldn't be able to follow this, you know, this crazy shit that's happening visually 100%. on the screen at a given moment. Yeah. Again, it's like with Moulin Rouge, it is high melodrama and like it doesn't want to be, you know, like this terribly deep thing because a lot of it is about the full oral and visual experience of it. Oral, A-U-R-A-L, not O-R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sorry. Oral. Yeah. I think I think we talked about this, too. And Moulin Rouge, it's like his uh, the idea that you th- I think of him now is just like this Bollywood director, sort of. Sure. It, it just yeah, sort of yeah. puts it all into like a context mirror. I'm like, OK, cool. Like, that's just what he's doing. Like, that's yeah. that's what you go there. It's like if you like Bollywood movies, obviously, I think you'd enjoy. Well, I mean, not guaranteed, yes. but I feel like that's sort of how you have to frame a Baz Luhrmann film. Well, like what what's uh, to go back to your point about like how the music kind of all bleeds in and out of each other. Like one of the things that yeah. I love that 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 he does in this that he does in a lot of his other films is um, there's like a mixture of what's really fascinating to me is the actual Elvis recordings. Um, mm-hmm. Austin Butler. Oops, sorry. Uh, Austin Butler, who plays Elvis singing these mm-hmm. songs edited together. So well, is he, yeah, yeah. is he actually like, singing there? Did you is that is that him or is it just like these lipstick? I couldn't tell. It, it's actually it's very interesting to me. It's actually a mixture of both of their voices. I think he oh. sings all of Trouble by himself because they didn't. But um, for the most part, it, it's constantly going back and forth. And the same thing, they do the same thing visually. They, I mean, they lean into it very heavily at the end where, no, this is actually Elvis right here. But throughout the whole movie, they are constantly editing in actual Elvis Presley, especially in these montages. There's like mm. all these elaborate montages in this film. Seamless. And, I, I couldn't yeah, tell. I had no idea. Yeah. I love and I loved it so much, like just like this blending of like fact and fiction, just even fucking with your brain where you like are like, what what am I looking at here? What is it? But, yeah. Uh, but so like they do the same thing with the music where you constantly have. Am I listening to Elvis or Austin Butler? And then they will mix in, you know, new versions of the songs too, right, right. and then fade into the old ver- like. And so what I was getting at here is um, what I love about Baz Luhrmann's films and how he approaches music is this idea that like. um there's never a beginning and an end to a piece of art. Correct. And yeah, yeah. what we what we sing about is is the same shit people have been singing about for ages on end. And, you know, in, in this idea of Elvis being the king, but Elvis also having taken and, and this is something that like uh is 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 presented in the film, but like I think it leaves 
plenty of room open for discussion how Elvis mm-hmm. was inspired mainly by black American artists in sure, gospel yeah, yeah. and folk. Like this idea that like music is constantly being sung and resung and these ideas are universal, but also they come from somewhere very specific. Like to me, yeah. the sa- that was the soundtrack the story was telling. And that was what was fascinating to me. Like I cannot like I it was such a very cool way to use music. It might you're, be you're saying in terms of like the actual the actual content of the songs themselves, like yes. lyrically and OK. Well, lyrically, but lyrically also just like the fact that like it so seamlessly blends in, you know, three different kind of outputs for these for these words and, and these melodies, oh, okay. you know, and that. Interesting. They're constantly, even within the film, being reinterpreted. You know, yeah. You, you look at Moulin Rouge and you see someone singing um, "Heroes" by David Bowie, and even though it's yeah. you know 1890, you still hear that, and it makes sense because you know Baz Luhrmann leans into this idea of music as this universal means of communication so mm-hmm, hard. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like, like to me, it was so fascinating. Like, I was so distracted throughout Elvis just because I was like listening to the soundtrack for a lot of it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Like to me, it was, it was a very cool mode of using song to tell a story. And it is like, if we are musical explaining to me, I'm like this Baz Luhrmann gets that so well. And that's why I I really enjoy him. Even when his movies don't particularly work for me, like great Gatsby gets that about music too. Like, yeah, it will mix pieces like, you know, Rhapsody in blue and then Jay Z and then, you know, Lana Del Rey. And it all makes sense, even though it shouldn't, you know, like, yeah, yeah. He kind of does something similar too. Whenever he's going back to, is it Beale Street? Right, is where he's going. Yeah. Uh, and, and then he's like, he's mixing in contemporary. What was it? I want to look. It's like, it's is it Dua Lipa? Dua like Lipa's in of, there, I think. Yeah. There's like a bunch of contemporary artists that they had like do like modern versions of. The, is it modern versions of the songs or there were new songs? I can again. I don't fucking it's know. New songs, songs, modern so versions. Like <laughs> it's it's like a bunch of remix shit. Like again, like yeah. that line of like, what is the where does it begin and end is in that whole. It's literally they'll blend into like one song to like a cover song to like. The, yeah. It's like the, you know, it's the diegetic song will blend into like the soundtrack song will blend into. Sure. It's, but again, it's it's Baz Luhrmann. So you're like, I don't know. I'm just here for the fucking ride. Like if my brain right. tries to sit and think about this for five seconds, it'll explode. But because yeah. it's so like aggressive, you just have to sort of give yourself sure. up to it. Yeah. Well, what 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 really got me, especially like like as I'm sitting there listening to this, going, this is really cool, but also like, what's it leading to? Like, what what is yeah. what is the point in doing all of this? Is mm-hmm. the last ten minutes of this movie are are about like basically the last few weeks of Elvis's life, and mm-hmm. uh, like just it's the only time you actually see Austin Butler in prosthetics. They don't do that for the rest of Elvis's life, even though yeah, he plays him from like beginning bare- to end. Like, you want to see how moribund this man looks, you know? And then yeah. again, they cut they cut so seamlessly into the real footage of Elvis like that yeah, it was just like yeah. so it was so it's cool it's jarring to me, but, um, when you see it you're just like oh my god I was like oh shit yeah yeah and uh so but but anyway like so they cut to Elvis singing um Unchained Melody this, mm-hmm. you know it's kind of one of the big that recording of Elvis singing singing Unchained Melody is one a big moment in Elvis's career it's one of the few things mm-hmm. about Elvis I knew um yeah. And uh, also the score, the soundtrack is constantly playing Unchained Melody in these very small ways. Like, and I oh, knew I this is one of my that. favorite song. Like you okay. hear it underneath like scenes with Priscilla or Lisa Marie or just in general with the people that he cares about. And like, but yeah. in very short, brief ways underneath like 8,000 other pieces of music going on. <laughs> so that when it gets to that Unchained Melody scene, 
Kava, I cried. I I, I cried. Oh, really? Like yeah. <laughs> I, ugly cried. Oh, <laughs> I ugly cried at the end of Elvis. Um, so like to me, I was like, ah, oh, this this was so good. Like mm, a chef's kiss. I, I I really enjoyed how music was used in this. And even if it's not like a musical musical, it it understood music as a means of building to an emotional catharsis in the story. To again, go back to something you said earlier, again, like the story has to be so simple in broad strokes for I think what it's yeah. trying to do. And again, like mm-hmm. I don't think you would have caught onto that the the kind of the musical narrative happening underneath it if you had to constantly complicate it with like, yeah, you know, other other things going on. Like he wanted to just make this big ass yeah Bollywood mm-hmm. musical about Elvis, and like that's yeah. this is that's what it, it it feels like essentially. So yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> so when, Boy, I, when I, I think about specific musical sequences, the ones that stuck out to me are like, uh, it was the first one where when Elvis is a little kid, he's a little boy and he's, he's like peering into this, um, this like shack when he's a little kid. Cause I guess the whole thing is like, he grew up in, I guess what would have been considered like the 1940s, like projects or something. Yeah. 1930s, sort of like kind of like is. in the, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, yeah. where he was born. Uh, so there's like a, a shack. Yeah. And it's, it's big boy Crudup who is, that's his name. Uh, a real oh, musician. The guy playing he hears, inside the, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. playing. Yeah. So it, it's like, yeah, he sees that. And then there's also a revival tent going on where gospel music is being sung. And it's like, one is like very sexually presented. Yeah. Like, like yeah. It, there's all this like very slow, like sensual dancing. And then mm-hmm. the revival is just like, making like this connection between like how full bodied that is too, you know, in terms of like having yeah. the spirit go through you and like singing in tongues and that sort of stuff. So it's making like this very big, like statement about like, these are the two defining things kind of about Elvis as a performer, not just about like the music that makes him happy, but like how he moves. So I happened to catch an interview with Baz Luhrmann. Um, he was like on the radio mm-hmm. uh, and he talked about how, one of the kids that was friends with Elvis when he was a kid, because he said, you know, he was talking about his research and he said that like verbatim, that's what he said. I just he's like, that's a story that one of Elvis's childhood friends told me Oh wow! about how like he went to that. And then he went, he's like, obviously, they weren't right next to each other, like the the right. whatever the shack and the revival tent. He's mm-hmm. like, but basically that was Elvis's sort of like uh, like spiritual moment. And the idea was that he um, like the way that it's funny that you said speaking in tongues. Right. But the idea Mm -hmm. of Elvis's moves again, this is what he says in the interview, which I thought was really interesting. He said a lot of dancers, like famous musicians. He said, I talked to Prince. I talked to like all these other people and they would like practice and like rehearse their moves. But with Elvis, it was this thing where he would get into like a a frenzied state, almost Mm. like where he he he, you know, and, and you sort of get the sense of this when you're watching the movie where it's like he would get himself riled up. That's why he was like nervous. And then when he would get on stage and start singing, then he would sort of have to do this weird fucking hip thrusty dance shit. That was sure, like yeah. totally spontaneous. And and that was what was so hypnotic about it. So it almost presents it like kind of like how a church, like, a you know, somebody speaking in tongues is like a, a preacher would go up there and like do something hypnotic right. to get people to listen to him. So I think, again, according to Baz Luhrmann, it was it, like Elvis saw it as like this almost um, not spiritual thing, but like this religious thing that he was doing. Like he was he was trans- sure. he was channeling God through this thing that he was doing and going right. out there and like bringing music to the to the people, which I thought was kind of fascinating. Yeah. Again, again, no wonder why Baz Luhrmann wanted to make this movie. Yes. You know, like, yes. like it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that sequence is really cool. The one where he goes and he plays um, the hayride. That is this. Uh, that was great. This, yeah. This the first time he beat. that's the first time that the colonel sees him performing live. Yeah. I think yeah, actually that's like, folded into it. Am I wrong? Is that isn't that like. 
they're cutting back because that's the first time he actually sees yes. Elvis. And then yes. I think they intercut. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like it's so like the editing is crazy. Like you just you're yeah. fed like six different things at once. <laughs> right. And it just yeah. sort of was like, oh, OK, this is an extremely heightened moment. And it's something that I, I feel like I haven't mentioned this in a long time. When you talk about like something that's adapted for film versus adapted for mm-hmm. the stage, like you will not get this kind of storytelling in a musical on stage at all because yeah. it's no. so heavily based on the editing and the intercutting and the sort of the idea of montage. So it's yeah. it's truly unique in the in its execution and the way that Baz Luhrmann yeah. does it. I think. Yeah, there's like eight thousand things going on, and it all makes sense. <laughs> it all feels like cohesive in this way. So like this moment where like you keep cutting back and forth from Elvis on stage, you know, shaking his hips, and then like you know him as a kid in the revival tent, and then like this weird, almost similar parallel moment where like all of these women in the audience are having like this like spiritual awakening looking at Elvis yeah. dancing and like this idea of forbidden fruit. Like there's all this like very cheeky religious They're imagery like, in it. Wah! And everyone is just like, it's like they are losing control of themselves and reaching yep. this ecstasy through Elvis. Like it's so operatic again, like, a, like a lot operatic. of his films are like, yeah. I, I was just like, I love that scene so much. Um, it's pretty good. Very, very cool sequence. Yeah. I liked, um, I, this is, there was one scene where like, cause in a movie that where people are like, oh my God, Austin Butler's performance is Elvis. Like you won't believe it. But like, uh, the people, there's the actor they had play little Richard, who's only in it for like Fantastic. a minute. So I good. was like, I was hoping the there was going to be more little Richard in there. I was sad right, that he wasn't right. in it more. Like there's that. And then they have someone playing like sister Rosetta Tharp and like all these like really incredible like performances that are just like. Uh, that are real people that are like maybe in there for two minutes. It's just like, like, yeah, the little, the little Richard sequence. I have to say that, that part of it was kind of disappointing. Like they felt like they were just sort of put in there to be like, see, Elvis wasn't sure. bad. He had black see, friends. It right, was cool. See, like Elvis they thought he was friends. okay. Right, right. Exactly. I, yeah. I think I had, yeah, exactly. I, I did it's feel like, like that was idea. a huge blind spot. And I'm like, as much as we don't want uh, like Baz Luhrmann to sort of make a different kind of movie. I was like, come on, sure. man. Like, you you could have done yeah. more with that shit. You know what I mean? It was just, it was right yeah. there. Like it Low hanging right, fruit right. didn't take it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's hard because like like this is going to be Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, so it's going to center Elvis, but also like it's like I appreciate the attempt at due diligence, but also like yeah, it does feel like right. nudged in. It's like oh, Elvis is having a bad day. He's gonna walk down to Beale Street and uh, you know hang with his black friends and then feel better about himself. Yeah. And then that's really all we're gonna talk about. And it's just like that's okay. basically <laughs> it. Yeah, BB yeah. King is there to just be like Elvis, you can do it. Like thumbs up. Right. I'm just here to like right. uh, you know give you permission to continue doing whatever, and it doesn't matter right. that I can't fucking eat at the same restaurant as you. Right. <laughs> wah, right. Wah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's like it's his friend to give him perspective. And that's about it. And look, the one thing I had read was like uh, after watching this was like, how close was B.B. King, who I know spoke very nicely of Elvis after Elvis's death? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, and was one of his big defenders. But they were also not that close, which is very funny to me. Like, sure. like yeah. yeah, it's just like we're just going to use B.B. King here. Um, but yeah. But yeah. Like, I'm that sorry, is, like, I cut you one... off. But the Little Richard sequence was really fun where he was just like, why I, isn't that? I, the dumb yeah. part of me was like, oh, is he going to is did Elvis like sign little Richard to like a big label or something? Right. And they're just like, no, nope, because right. Elvis is like, damn, that guy's got awesome moves. How come he doesn't know? And I'm yeah. like, oh, is this how he gets fame? And they just like, nope, it just goes away. <laughs> I don't know, like in, in 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 depth, the extent of what little Richard thought about Elvis. But I do know that he was like, yeah, he's just copying black people. And it kind of pissed me off, you know, so like I yeah. thought it was just interesting yeah. that he's kind of there to be there, you know, so like. A really neat sequence. I could watch a Little Richard biopic starring this actor. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, why I, is there no Little Richard movie? I was like, I watched the fuck out of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because that, like, that one minute, I was just like, who the fuck is this person? He's amazing, you know? Like, this is just, like, such a good full-bodied, yeah. like, fun thing. And then it's immediately like, okay, and then Elvis, you know, 
becomes famous and like it's just kind of like uh you know um after Martin Luther King Jr and uh, Robert F Kennedy are killed he's he's sad again he's big sad about the country and then big sad. that's about it <laughs> yeah that's about it so yeah that, that, that is like I, like it it feel weird not addressing that part of the film uh but like okay best I, it would <laughs> because it's so like half assed it, it would almost be better if you just not addressed it i i think to an extent just yeah, because it's, it's so like it doesn't it doesn't do anything in terms of like it, it literally just functions shit. as a way to like make absolve Elvis of his guilt. But yeah, again, exactly. whatever, it's fine. It's a Baz Luhrmann movie. It's big. I'm like, yeah, it's if bad, we're starting to really think about it too hard. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. Baz oh, Luhrmann like, should do a little like, Richard movie. That would be fun as shit. Yeah. Sidebar. Oh, man. If you'd be interested in this. Sidebar. This. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, please let this be like a test run for your little Richard movie. Because like yes. that, that one minute I was like, this is so fucking cool, man. The, the, he does kind of steal that scene, too, which is great. Yeah. Like, the guy that plays yeah. Little Richard, like just fucking like ripping his shirt off and like, yeah, and getting on, like, it was awesome. I want to see that man. Um, yeah, you're but like, yeah, that like, guy's the star. Like that, that man is the real star of Elvis. Yeah. Um, whoever you are, um, I wish I remembered your name, but you were fantastic. If you weren't listening yeah. to this podcast, which you're probably not, because you were in Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, and I am collecting Phantom of the Opera merchandise. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> that, oh, there was like this weird for me watching Elvis. Um, and, you know, we talked about things that felt half-assed and there was like more that like I wish that it kind of leaned into. And it was already leaning mm-hmm. into it a lot. But like I was having this very weird meta experience watching it as someone who, mm-hmm. you know, is getting close to 40. And the fact that Elvis died when he was 42 and like mm-hmm. this idea of a story of someone who is just constantly being used and never getting to achieve the dream that they actually want. And is this, um, are you saying this about me? Is this am I yeah. using you in this podcast? Am I, I not allowing like, uh, you to go international for this podcast? <laughs> you are my Colonel Tom. Um, Angie, we can't go overseas. Sorry. It's the, the uh, security. Sarah, the security. Yeah, the security. Oh, my. Oh, oh, another thing. Oh, wait, wait. Let me finish this thought. But like uh, the, the idea of like, you know, never realizing you're being the most famous person as this movie, you know paints him multiple times in the world and never Mm -hmm. even one being able to leave your country to just like being used and exhausted and like so disillusioned with your country like it is very again when I talk about Forrest Gump and even like the things that are kind of half-assed here like this idea of like being disappointed by the place where you lived and that fostered you like just and just being worn out and sad at like 42 I'm just sitting there in the audience like oh my god maybe that's why I was crying so much I was just like (laughs) I was like, oh, fuck, I, uh, Elvis, I understand I'm it. I, I'm so tired, man. Yeah. Uh, so that was the thought I that I wanted to finish. And it, <laughs> like, it was it was weirdly like the most like personal moment in a Baz Luhrmann film for me or like weird meta thing that I'd ever felt for any of the characters in a Baz Luhrmann film. Mm. Like it's I never really feel for characters in Baz Luhrmann films like that deeply. It's more like the whole mm-hmm. big, you know, emotional experience of it all that makes me feel things like Satine yeah. is, you know, your yeah. basic like. Uh, like tragic, tragic sex worker, you know, Christian is, you know, boring. Yes, I want to be an artist like Romeo and Juliet are fucking Romeo and Juliet, you know, Romeo and uh, Juliet, but like right. but like this was just like the most weirdly like human Baz Luhrmann protagonist that I'd sat through. So like I was just like, uh, especially like, the, again, like the last act. And the, the other big criticism I had of it. Tell me if you mm-hmm. agree or not, which is I think Baz sure. Luhrmann usually has good love stories. Uh, and yeah. the relationship between him and Priscilla is sort of like it seems like it's it's literally there because it has to be. Sure, but like, yeah. There's almost no real effort put into that relationship, yeah. which I understand because the relation the central relationship is about Elvis's relationship yeah. to the Colonel. 
So right. it's but like the love story with him and Priscilla is just absolutely just like tossed aside yeah. as a result yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't I can't help but wonder how much of it is because like there's a very uncomfortable age issue <laughs> with Elvis and Priscilla. Yeah, apparently Presley. she was about like fourteen, fifteen. She was or something fourteen, when they first met. and he was twenty four when they met. Yeah, so Ugh. like I think the movie was just already like going to be like, well, we can't address well, that. Well, yeah, you know, and get into the but I agree with you there. Like, because like the, the, my my biggest criticism of it is like you get why Colonel Tom is attracted to Elvis. You know, obviously this man is going yeah. to make him a lot of money, and he is a once in a lifetime kind of artist. But like. Colonel Tom sucks so badly that like you're like, just like I, and I guess it's like Elvis has low self-esteem. Elvis grew up broke. You know, you can you can fill in the blanks, right. but it still is very like he's naive. Yeah. 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 Like it, that tension doesn't quite work for me. Like, like, what is there? Rela- like, I'm like, no, Colonel Tom just sucks. And like, I have a hard time feeling like like, yeah, it is missing a magnetic relationship, whether it's Colonel yeah. Tom and Elvis or um Priscilla and Elvis. And so like the, uh, the one last thing I did want to bring up was someone mentioned to mm-hmm. me that Colonel Tom should have been played by John Goodman. <laughs> and like, I'm just kind of like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I'm yeah. like, I, I love, hey, I love Tom Hanks. was a weird choice. Yeah. I, love, yeah. I thought it was a strange choice though. Yeah. It, it's always weird whenever you see Tom Hanks play a villain and this, you know, Tom, Colonel right, Tom right. is meant to be a straight villain. Like something about it doesn't quite gel in my brain. I'm like, no, he's America's golden retriever. Like, Everyone yeah. loves Tom Hanks. It's weird. like something about that performance. Uh, also, I've been heard his performance described as being like Watto from uh, <laughs> episode one. And, like, ah, my I, boy, I, Nubians. Like, ah, my ah, boy, the Yeah. work on me. So I only heard I only heard Watto, and I only heard. Um, uh, oh my god! It's absolutely it Watto. That's it. That's yeah. it. It's done. It's, it's, it's Watto. Watto and and Mike Myers and Goldmember as a Goldmember, like oh, also uh, a Dutch, this, yeah, a bad yeah. Dutch accent. Yeah, like a blintz and a blunt, a pancake. My oh my god! I cannot yeah. unsee Watto though. Jesus Christ! That's it. Now yeah, someone's gonna have to go back and Photoshop Watto into Elvis. So yeah, Andy, like was, I think you should be in, in Tatooine doing uh, your residency. Yeah. Elvis, uh, <laughs> your pod racing is so good. I think you should be Holy doing shit. it for six months. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, so that was the other like major detractor from this movie for me. It was just like all I could Jesus think of Christ. was <laughs> the wow. whole time I was I was watching it. But that said, I, I did enjoy Elvis. It gave me, it promised me a Baz Luhrmann mm, sort of musical biopic, like. It was never going to be like a walk, walk the line or, you know, um, Ray or anything like that. Like, it's not so self-serious that like it can't have fun with the fact that it's a movie about Elvis. Like, you know, even just like the almost like Angley Hulk kind of like framing of like his birth story, you know, where he's supposed to be like Captain Marvel Jr. And what is it going to the rock of eternity? You know, like that sort of thing. Like was it was very fun. Like, and you wouldn't have gotten that, I think, from like, the usual biopic. So I appreciate the Baz Luhrmann touch there. Yeah, and I'll and I'll also say it's it's very much like a it's, as a sidebar. It is a movie theater movie. It is one to go see yes. like yes. on a big screen with a good sound system. It's very yes, it's, as you would expect. It's an Elvis movie, so the music sequences are great. It's it deserves yeah. to be seen big and loud. Yes, if you yes. see it like on a TV at home, I don't think it'll give you the same experience. Right. Yeah. Like, again, my I was like trying to talk about it to Nick and he was like, well, don't tell me too much because I actually want to see it. And I was like, well, you got to mm. see this in theaters. Got to see it big. Yeah. Got to see it big. The other thing I'll say, too, it made me think of as far as casting. Uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, did you ever see Straight Outta Compton? I saw I, I didn't see the whole thing. I started it uh, and then like got like halfway through it and then fell asleep. Not because of the movie. I was just 
in a weird oh, place. It was just yeah. a weird place. Why? That movie, I love, I love Straight Outta Compton. But uh, mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti, his relationship to the uh, fucking what's his name that plays Eze? I'm drawing a blank. I think it's Eric something. Uh, mm-hmm. or, no, Jason Mitchell. I think is his name. Um, he, mm-hmm. That relationship of Eze to Jerry Heller, who was the mm-hmm. manager of, of uh, NWA, is mm-hmm. kind of similar to mm-hmm. uh, to Elvis and the Colonel. And I could totally mm-hmm. have seen Paul Giamatti playing that role very, very well. Or as as well, like very very good. Is Paul Giamatti just going for like the sleazy manager thing? Because he did that in Rock of Ages too. Like that's right, he did. You're right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah. He could, Maybe he like totally Paul Giamatti was like, I've done this too many. times. Yeah, he's probably done you know? it too I much. To, but yeah, I have to back away. A messy kind of overlong film, but on the whole, I really enjoyed it for what it was. I haven't been to the theaters, the movie theater, the theaters in so long. The theaters. Like oh it's really? Very, was it the first uh, one you've seen in the cinema in a while? Yeah, in, in, in at least a few months. Like, I've just been kind of, like, down and not really wanting to leave my house and that sort of thing. And mm. I was just like, you know what? I have an excuse to, like, go outside and see a movie, which I used to love Do I still love going to the movies, but I just have not had the energy to do yeah. that. And Elvis was a movie worth dragging my corpse out for. <laughs> for you especially, yeah. For, like, your style yeah. of what you like and pass and yeah. stuff. But, yeah, I, th- I thought it was overall pretty entertaining. I, like I said, yeah. the criticisms aside, which are somewhat obvious, you know, going yeah. into it. I didn't. Ex- yeah. I expected those kinds of things to be like glaring, right. like fucking blind right. spots for it. So I, yeah. which is not to say that like they're not important because they are. But right. I'm also like, right. okay, well, it's, this is a Baz Luhrmann movie, whatever. Fine. Yeah, yeah. We're not. Our listeners are not dumb. I think they're also aware of it too. You know. Right. Right. You <laughs> like, kind of yeah. have to. You have to. You have to sort of gauge a Baz Luhrmann movie based on. Uh, you hold it against other Baz Luhrmann films because they're just it's such sure. a weird, exactly specific, like esoteric thing. It's like it's own. He- weird little he really corner does of the have yeah he really does have like a very consistent canon of works there like i never mm-hmm. am let down in terms of like what i expect out of a baz Luhrmann movie yeah. so so and he it delivers here really really well and again i did and, I, and I actually and i thought you know i thought what's his name what's his name austin butler he was pretty good mm-hmm. too yeah I thought, yeah i thought he was, he was uh he was good there as were, elvis there were times where like i'd see him and i'm like oh he's like a different kind of pretty and does not look like elvis at, in like pre-production stuff or like stills and stuff they release and then watching it i was just like this motherfucker is like going for it like in times there'll be times where i'm like he looks so much like elvis here even like when he's like getting older and again they didn't use prosthetics until the very very end they don't really yeah. do anything besides give him like more of that really bad tan that elvis started having towards right. the end of his career and like he still is like embodying like this kind of sweaty like yeah, and he's running also, on he's fumes n- I think it could have been very easy for someone in that position to be doing like an impression of Elvis, like we did the yeah. fantastic ones at the beginning of the second half. What are you talking about? This is a, this is an Oscar level performance gold, yeah. right here. This is That's great. Call this us is... next time we could have just switched off roles, like you and I could have handled both being Elvis. Uh, yeah. But I don't yeah. feel like he does an impression of Elvis. I think he sort of no. played it as like a person that happens to be Elvis, which. You could have gone into parody very easily, again, considering yeah. it's a Baz Luhrmann movie. But yeah, I thought he did a pretty good job of grounding it. Baz Luhrmann wasn't really interested in making Elvis a complex character as much as he wanted to sort of yeah. make him a, like a tragic character. He's just the Jesus of American pop culture is all. Yeah. You know, he gave us so much and we killed him. <laughs> we did yeah. it. No, we killed you him. killed him. You, because he him. loved performing for you. You, yeah, you loved accent, him whatever. too much. Loved him too much. Actually, I thought you sounded pretty good. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, very... Um, yeah, in a movie that is like stylistically kind of goofy and in a good way, like that, that yeah. Elvis is very like tempered, you know, I yeah. appreciated that aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, understated. But yeah, understated. Anyway. Colonel, Colonel Tom's there to be, uh, you know, Watto. 
Should have been Paul Giamatti as Watto doing live action. Should have been John Goodman. John Goodman as Watto. So let us know. So I'm sure waters. a lot of you guys saw this. Send us your best John. Or sorry, send us your best yeah. Watto Elvis memes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Send us your best Watto Elvis memes. Go to that Dolly generator and type Watto yeah. and Elvis. Oh, and I'm gonna go do that spam, and post it for sure. Yeah. Spam up. Spam. Spam the Twitter <laughs> account with that, please. Uh, yeah. Please. Please do Paul Giamatti as Watto. Please. Please do John Goodman as Watto. Please do all three Wattos that you are do us the as Tom Watto. Hanks. Do Angie us as Watto. As Watto. Can Perfect. you do Kava and Angelina meeting uh, Watto in the Dolly One Generator? Watto. Please, please do all of your fun Elvis memes uh, and put them in the comments uh, and let us know what you thought about the movie. Yes, please uh, yes. let us know your thoughts on Twitter. We are at Musical Splainin with no G at Musical Splaining with a G on Instagram. I am right. at Kava Teherian on Twitter and at mm-hmm. Permafriends on Instagram. Just heads up, uh, as I announced on Twitter, I will be at San Diego Comic-Con. I'm yeah, very excited. You I'm going to be an artist alley. Uh, funny enough, if you guys didn't follow the news on Twitter, I did get picked up. I did a post about it, and then it somehow some t- <laughs> one of our followers like like added the San Diego Comic Con unofficial blog and told them to make a reference to Phantom of the Opera when they were reposting yep. my yeah. post. So then that that got picked up, and uh, yeah, they made a reference to Phantom of the Opera. So I am now living in hell and can never escape it. But I thought that was you really, are, really funny. You have just you're self actualized, is what it is. <laughs> you know what? Again. We just watched a movie about a sad musical man who wears a lot of sparkly capes. That's true. It's just Phantom the Baby. Elvis Let's of the Opera it. would this be is, a good movie. Is, yeah. Of the Grand Old Opry. This is just of the Grand now, Old baby. Opry. Oh, I love it. Southern I'm version. sure okay. that exists. Uh, but yeah, you just spit out so many good ideas all the time. <laughs> so so free free all this free stuff. Um, uh, yes. I am Y Angelina Y on Twitter and Angelina underscore C. I'm not going to San Diego Comic Con, but whoever uh, harassed their blog into doing this to them, thank you so much. I appreciate yes. it. I think his name was Ian something. I believe. He's thanks, thanks me. Ian. Yeah. This is all I want is to make Kevin miserable uh, with fans. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yes. Thanks. So and then lastly, of course, follow our sponsor links. Sign up for stuff. Leave us reviews. I know I say this at the end of every episode, but it does actually help us. So please go ahead and do that. And Baz Luhrmann, if you are listening, Little Richard, the musical. Yes, please. please. Make it. We would watch it. You can consult us. We would be really helpful to you. Give us that Little Richard musical movie, Little Richard, yeah. Who's that guy? He's so good. Yeah. Uh, So... Uh, Sorry. (laughs) It's hot. Thank you. Thank y'all for listening. uh, uh, We can't go on. Yeah, we're Watching gonna keep doing musicals this Elvis now. voice in every episode from here. This forth. bit's gonna go on until you fade out. We can't go on. We got to sing this Elvis, baby. Oh.